That's what I'm talking about, son. Get you some of that. That old pie. Woo-hoo! Looky there. There's your bug-eyed big one right there. Getting started. We're getting started. Here's what I'm talking about. Gosh dang gorilla. Let's go, baby. Straight meat. God, look at that big one. All right, everybody, welcome into the show. I'm your host, Big Ed, and on the line tonight, we have got Bryant Smith, and we are going to be talking a little bit about some of the fall transition. You know, that's the big topic right now. we got what's going on out here, and uh, so we'll get into that, and, and uh, so sit back and tune in, and let's get this thing started. So, Bryant, welcome into the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, you know, you're a an MLF pro. You fish some of the you just said you fish some of the um National Professional League too. Is that what it's Yeah, the National Professional Fishing League. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy and... doing that. Uh, yeah, and then uh I did some of the, the Bassmaster opens this year. So you're out there quite a bit. You do you do a lot, uh look like you had a couple of the with the MLF stuff. You have what a couple wins there and how are you doing on some of the other circuits? Yeah, I don't actually get a chance to fish much of the MLF anymore. Um, okay. just I'm not home. Um, but uh, the past couple of years, uh, it's been really good. I've had a lot of good times uh, on the, the National Professional Fishing League. Um, getting to um, travel around the country and, and, and fish a lot of places that I uh, haven't gotten a chance to. You know, um, growing up on the West Coast, we're kind of we're kind of tucked away over here. We don't get to a lot of exposure to uh some of that eastern stuff and and you know i'm biased i think the fishing is better out here but uh you know it, it's fun to mix it up and go do some different things uh that we don't get to do out on the west coast yeah uh the the, the fishing is definitely different um uh you know it's you know you're dealing with what some deeper water stuff here compared to a lot of the shallow there you're maybe more more bites out here more fishing out here more fish out here more i don't know it just seems a lot different than than when i talk to guys back east they a lot of times you know they're like oh yeah we caught six or seven fish today and you know we're out here going okay well we caught 35 but what? <laughs> yeah for sure um i don't think a lot of the west west coast guys know how good they have it out here um <laughs> You know, just just fishing pressure alone, it's absolutely unbelievable um, what those lakes go through back there. And, and granted, they are much, much bigger than, than a lot of the, the, the places we have out here. But, uh, you know, fishing pressure alone is just it's a huge it's a huge deal back there um, that you have to, you know, you have to worry about. Whereas out here, you know, you could go. I bet you could go to Clear Lake right now on the weekend. Granted, it'd be a little hard to launch your boat, but you can go to Clear Lake on a weekend and probably only see 10 boats, which is just crazy and one of the best bass fisheries in the world. So uh, it's a lot different. And that old adage, a bass is a bass, is, you know, it's kind of accurate. But, man, once you get once you get east of the Rockies, it, it really does change a lot. There's a lot more uh, – there's a lot, especially if you travel uh, around, there's a lot of diversity over there for sure. Yeah. You, you mean just in the, the different, 
styles of lake over there, the different mm-hmm. kinds, the you know, what you're fishing. Um, you know, I, I feel like they have most of the fisheries are pretty much largemouth dominated with a few being smallmouth and then very few being spots as mm-hmm. compared to here where we have a lot of spotted bass lakes. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of them, you know, out here just because they are such an adaptable fish, um, you know, as compared to back there where, you know, they're, they're talking, you know, two pounders, three pounders are big spots, you know, and we're like, no, um, you know, with the same thing with largemouth is that, you know, they're just fishing for a different, you know, like the, the lakes are shallower, the lakes are, you know, more, um, adaptable to a largemouth. Um, is that kind of what you feel out, see out there? I do, man. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, largemouth is definitely king out there. Um, and, and, you know, you could argue that largemouth king on the West Coast, too. But the diversity of fish we get to fish for is pretty cool. Um, you know, there's there's only a handful of lakes that I fished back there. Uh, not very many at all that, that actually have all three species, largemouth mm. spots and, and smallmouth. And, um, you know, there's a lot of spotted bass out there, but it's definitely not like there's definitely not as many as, as there is largemouth and there's definitely not as many um, spotted bass fisheries you know per acre per mile whatever you want to say as there is in california and uh you know it's it's probably why at least for me i love fishing for spotted bass i think they're the coolest fish in the world but uh mm-hmm. um so i i feel real lucky when we get to go to a spotted bass fishery back there and uh you know go 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 play with my old friends yeah um so you said you're not you're you're not home so is that are you do you live back east mostly and then you come back out here on the west or are you out here now again? no i've i've always lived on the west coast um oh. I, I grew up in the bay area um mm-hmm. and we moved up me and my wife moved up to uh roseville um california you know still in california yeah. roseville uh about four years ago Oh, okay. And uh, so I do basically the only tournaments I fish are back east. So I do a lot of flying, oh. getting on planes uh, and, and flying back and forth. But uh, I still live out here on the West Coast. Uh, I just have a little bit of a commute to go to the East Coast to go fish a, fish a tournament. So what do you think about the Apex? And, and are you looked into fishing that at all? Uh, I have. Um, you know, I think it's a great great program a great circuit for uh for the west and it's definitely something we've needed out here uh, you know we need that top tier uh, yeah. circuit for guys to you know so they don't have to do what i did because um, it's not it's not it's not easy to go live on the west coast and go fish on the east coast <laughs> uh, so, no no it's not at all and, and you know i think that's a, a big gap that we've we've always had on the west coast and apex is really filling that gap pretty well where they can go fish big dollar tournaments and go fish for uh with a lot of publicity and not have to go travel you know two thousand miles to get to the nearest lake um right. you know it, it, it is a very southern dominated um, sport, but that doesn't mean that we don't have good anglers on the West Coast. And, and and to get a showcase for those anglers like they do on 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 the Apex Tour, 
Like that's just awesome, man. And you know, if I had the time and the resources to do it, I would absolutely love to do it. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work out with my schedule right now. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I think that we've proven. You know, or we, I don't want to say we, but, you know, there are anglers out here on the West Coast that have proven that they can go out there and be the best in the world and fish those and adapt to those things coming from the background that they come from out here. Um, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, I God, I, I won't even be able to list them all, but I mean, just the top ones that you can think of, you know, with Aaron Martins, you know, um, you know, Skeet Reese, Ish Monroe, uh, Cody Myers, you know, all these big name guys that are out there doing it on the on the big circuits. You know, they're they're proving the West Coast is bringing out and they, we have anglers. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think a lot of that it, it comes from what it's something i've always believed in we have especially in northern california we have the best training ground there is to develop a very versatile bass fisherman uh we have the delta which is tidal shallow water grass then we got clear lake which is the natural lake um kind of remind it's funny. I've been to Clear Lake and it's actually, or I've been, you know, I've fished Clear Lake all my life and it's actually reminded me of uh, when I've gotten to go back East, it's reminded me of a place in Florida and it's mm -hmm. also reminded me of a place in Wisconsin. So you kind of get that <laughs> natural lake feel with the grass and the rock piles and all that. Right. Um, and then like we talked about earlier, you got the spotted bass fisheries, deep, clear water. Um, if you want to venture, uh, down south, you got all those big largemouth and all those clear water reservoirs. So you got to do the light line thing. We mm -hmm. got the Columbia River if you want to go up north. Um, you got the the Colorado River if you want to go down to the desert. I mean, we really do have one of the best training grounds for developing a super versatile angler who who's going to be comfortable with six pound tests and they're going to be comfortable with sixty five pound braid, which is pretty cool. And in you know, I've gotten a lot, I've gotten to spend a lot of time on the East coast and what we have is, is, is really special with how close all those fisheries are. You know, you really got to do some driving to get out of that region that you're in on the East coast. You know, everything's very similar in within the regions and you got to drive pretty far. So I think the versatility that we get coming out of the West coast is, is what makes you know, what makes all those guys you just listed so great and have so much success on the East coast. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's the, I, I love the way you put that, you know, that it is out here and there, the opportunities out here to be, to fish the way that everybody else fishes is so, you know, all over the country, just right here in our own backyard is, is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and speaking about kind of doing that, you know, we we're getting ready right now to head into where I guess, you know, you talk about Northern California and, you know, it's, it's snowing in Minnesota and it's, you know, it's, there's, there's storms in Wisconsin and all these different places are cold and they just went from 65 to 25, you know, in a couple of days and all these different things. And yet here we sit in Northern California and I don't know about your house right now, but it's like 80 degrees here. I I'm, I'm up in grass Valley. So it's like 80 degrees up here. And I know Roseville and Sacramento, you know, they're probably 82, 86, 88, you know, still. And I want to say that we're going into this fall slash winter transition, like the most of the country, but we are not. Um, I mean, we're eventually going to get there. I, we, we all hope. Um, but 
as we go into this, what is what have you been seeing as you're out there fishing? The changes that do go on when you're when you're talking about, you know, yeah, it's still 90 degrees here, but I got to go fish back east where it's not. You know, in this fall, this transition, what do you see um, the fish start to do? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the turnover is is kind of the thing that that really. Uh, yeah. that I look for or, or that I look for in, in really showing that the that the fall transition is coming. Um we just fished I just finished up um fishing the Bassmaster Southern Open on Lake Hartwell and actually the transition or the uh not the transition what did I just say turnover. The, the turnover, yes, sorry. The turnover just happened like right in the middle of the tournament. It was oh. crazy. Um water went from super clear to kind of a greenish color and then back to clear in like four days it was crazy but that was the turnover and the fish kind of you had to adjust with those fish as well um i think the 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 thing that happens on on the west coast that's a, a little bit different is, is you know we always have those indian summers and we always have like like you said it's 80 degrees at your house it's 85 at my house uh, it just kind of pushes everything back a little bit the fish know I, I still truly believe that the fish know that fall is coming they know that winter is coming um, just based off of you know length of day you know it's not sunny or it's not you know sun's not setting at nine o'clock anymore it's setting at seven uh seven to seven thirty so i think fish really pay attention to that you know just internally they, they know that that's going on um right. whether or not the water uh, water temp and the weather really uh, go along with it so i think the biggest thing that happens in the fall transition is that these fish really kind of scatter out um you know they group up a lot in the summer group up out deep uh, in the current offshore but the fall uh, transition kind of presents a really cool opportunity for um, a lot of things to happen and you can kind of pick your poison with what you want to do uh, you know if you want to go fish for some deep fish there's absolutely going to be uh, a bunch of deep fish left um, this time of year but you also have the option and it's kind of the overlooked option especially with you know the way fishing is going and everything's being so uh, forward-facing sonar dominated there's right there's some fish that kind of get forgotten about and those are the ones that that get up shallow this time of year that you can catch on uh, a lot of different baits a lot of fun baits you know right. I, love, I love picking up a, a, a buzz bait this time of year and going down going up a river or uh you know in the back of a creek where you really wouldn't think that there'd be a bass and there might only be five or ten in the back of this creek uh, a bigger creek but they're not they're not messed with they're not you know they haven't seen a bait in a while so right. i think they're a little easier to catch this time of year because they're those overlooked fish and you know i'll grab a, a buzz bait or uh you know if they don't want to come up one of my favorite baits this time of year is a, a strike king 1.5 square bill and just mm -hmm. burn the bank up in the backs of these pockets in these in these creeks trying to focus on isolated cover and uh you know, if there's a lay down in the water or a, a rock pile or, or whatever, whatever a bass could find and hang out next to. It's really target oriented. It's really, uh, it's a really a cool way to fish because it's kind of like the way we all started fishing. It's, you know, you go to the back of the creek and you go fish the one piece of wood back there and 
you know, you catch the fish off of it. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like, I call it Bubba fishing this time of year. But I think those fish are really, really overlooked, uh, especially, like I said, with the, with the advent of forward-facing sonar and having so many other options. But uh, it's, right. uh, it's definitely something if – in the next few weeks, if I was fishing in California, especially, and you know, we're getting those cooler nights, that would be something I'd start to look for. Mustang Survival, home of the original floater coat. With over 50 years of experience in engineering and manufacturing the best in marine safety and comfort, we've got you covered when fishing in all conditions. Now, do you find um, that when you do chase something you know, you, you said they basically start to break apart. They, they get out of the groups, they get out of those things, you know, and most of the time, bigger fish are loners anyways, but do you find that those fish that do break off and head back in and are just setting up that you will find ones and twos, maybe 10 in the whole thing, but you know, just, they're more separate. They're more, you know, like, Hey, don't, don't forget that there's probably only going to be one on this one piece of wood mm-hmm. and then find another one there, find another one there. Is that kind of what you're, what you see? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, we did, I did this last year um, on Grand Lake and, and I was just fishing isolated pieces of cover all day long. And it was, you know, and they were super, super shallow. It was um, late September. So kind of, kind of the same deal a little later in the year. Um, right when that transition starting to happen and, and you know water temp was still mid 70s but I was still catching them in a foot of water or less sometimes in those fish I think they're just really really overlooked this time of year but they are those singles they you know you're not going to pull up to uh, an isolated lay down in the back of a creek and catch 15 off of it you, you might, right. I shouldn't say you won't, you might if it's really, really big, but right. like those, those perfect little isolated ones that you just, that just look textbook. I think they're only going to have one, maybe two fish, but they might be one of the bigger fish that you'll catch that day. Um, so it, it's, it, it's a really great opportunity to, you know, kind of run and gun a little bit, do the power fishing thing. I still think you're fishing for some of the biggest fish in the lake when you do do that. Now, the other side of that is, you know, you're talking about power fishing through there and everything, but do you still, you know, if you come up on, you're, you're going down, a, you know, you're going down the bank there and you see like this really beautiful lay down log and it's just there and you go over it three or four times with a buzz bait and then you hit it with the crankbait and you hit it with that. Do you stop at that point and go, no, there should be something mm-hmm. there and then pick it apart? Or do you just go, well, guess someone's there and just keep going? You know, I'll let the fish tell me that, um, okay. but you know your progression was perfect you know i, I always like to start with the buzz bait because it's super quick and, and mm-hmm. um you know like if i could draw that fish, especially this time of year they like to suspend a lot so even if it, even if that lay down's in four feet of water that fish might be in that top foot of the the water column so buzz bait going over their head super easy mm-hmm. um but if i you know if it's that really juicy looking lay down then that progression is is absolutely what i'll do i'll go from that buzz bait and then i'll go subsurface with uh you know a square bill maybe a swim jig and then uh one of my favorite ways to catch them this time of year is is, uh is actually flipping the isolated cover too with a a a rage bug um Mm. i like a really light weight on that um it's kind of one of the only times a year that i really do use a light weight like a, a 
a quarter, five sixteenths, something like that, something that can, you know, fall really slow. Because again, I think those fish are suspended this time of year, um, yeah. a lot of the time. So something that falls a little slower but has a lot of action, especially you know, you get into the max of the creeks. A lot of times they're a little dirtier. Um, so something that moves a little bit of water, but yeah, that progression is, is absolutely perfect. If it's a good looking lay down, or maybe maybe I practiced it and I got a uh, a buzz bait mm -hmm. bite. Right. in practice and i come back a few days uh you know a few days later during the tournament or next weekend and i i throw the buzz bait over nothing happens and like, oh, there's a fish there i know there is uh you know, they're not going to move too much this time of year once they set up that's when i'll grab a flip it stick and, and grab that rage bug and flip it in there and I'm just trying to pick it apart a little bit for sure Okay. Yeah. That to me, that, um, you know, that just makes a bunch of sense. And, and, and you really led to one, one thing there that I, um, I see a lot this time of year. And that is that the, when those lakes start to turn over, those fish, a lot of times will, they just pull off the bank for, you know, maybe a day, day or two and suspend mm -hmm. and they won't, you know, they're just like, <laughs> whatever, not really getting this or feeling this, but we're going to, you know, I'm going to go sit out here. If that happens, you know, you talked about a tournament that that happened during the tournament. If that does happen, is there a way to catch those fish? Are those fish just totally negative or, you know, it's like, you know what I've found? I found that I can go do this and catch those fish. Um, you know, I, I think there is. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll lead into it with, I think the best way to do it is with some sort of forward facing sonar. Mm -hmm. um because it is going to still be a little bit random where they are you know suspended fish yeah they might be over the tip of a point but they might be over the tip of a point especially out in california no you go right. to orville or shasta this time of year um when that transition happens you know they could be they could be in five feet of water over a hundred right um and those are very catchable fish um you know depending on your water color mm -hmm. uh, a top water is perfect. Some sort of walking bait is, is probably my number one bait to get those fish to bite. Sure. Um, you know, or a jerk bait, something like that. Um, but you know, it, you can catch them without forward-facing sonar. But doing having forward-facing sonar is it, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, you know, because you can actually target where those fish are instead of just kind of you know we the way I used to do it was you just pull up to the point and you just fan cast over the point and you make, you always make that one cast way out there in the middle just to see if somebody's out there. But now I just, you, know, you just pan around with your trolling motor and oh, there it is. Let me throw my, let me throw my top water over it and let me throw a jerk bait next to it and see if I can get right. that fish to bite. That being said, those fish are really still really hard to catch when they get in that mood, when they get in that, that mood right when the lake's kind of turning over and they they go out to suspend and you know everything's just kind of changing they're in that little bit of a funk but yeah you know if you throw again if you throw to enough of them you can catch some really really nice fish doing that yeah it seems like some of the bigger fish are the ones that tend to go up there and suspend like smaller fish like you know the the 13 12 13 14 inch fish don't seem to be as affected as it either that or they're just so trying to feed up before winter comes that they're you know they're a little more aggressive and that seems to be like what people end up catching you know like 
absolutely have those smaller fish days during those those turnovers and that sort of thing yeah it's a it's a really tough time of year to fish um it it really is and and you kind of have to have a different mindset than a lot of the other times of years because you have to be open to fishing uh for suspended fish you know over 100 feet of water but then Mm. you know you also have to keep the shallow bite honest and and they can just kind of be anywhere and they can be in in any mood that day so switching it i mean my best my best advice would be just switch it up as much as you possibly can uh, until something starts to click for you what's the i'll tell you let's let's do this really quick what's your top five baits right now transit you know during this transition that you're Mm -hmm. just like you know what i'm taking five rods i'm going out this is what i think i can get them on bash you folks information is pouring over if you want to learn more about every lake how to fish shallow deep in between skipping docks and rocks and cranking slow wiggling chatter smattering you get it at bash you we got the best of the best if somebody's ever caught a bass on something and perfected the technique we got you covered get on bash you tv check it out Sign up, be a member, be part of it, folks. Keep learning. I'm Gerald Swindle. Subscribe to Bash You. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number one is going to be a buzz bait, and I'll end up putting some sort of um, swimming frog on the back of it. I take the skirt off, put a swimming frog on the back of it. That's that's my number one, and it's not so much that I get a ton of bites on it, but I absolutely love doing it, and then. Uh, and you can get some really, really big ones on it too. Um, the second one will be that, that striking 1.5, something that you could really cover some water with, um, subsurface, mm-hmm. um, for those, those walking bait fish that, you know, a, a top water, um, uh, striking sexy dog, hard knock. That is my absolute favorite. Um, just, a, a, any sort of walking bait like that, um, to get those suspended fish going. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Let's see. If you're around some, if you're in the, uh, say like a clear lake or, or, or a delta where there's some grass involved, right. Um, some sort of vibrating jig. Um, and I tend to go to white this time of year just cause you know, the, the shad tend to be a little bit, um, get pale, more favored. Get pale, yeah. They get a little pale. Yeah. Out. yeah and they, and, and I think the bass tend to favor those, but no, the shad just a little bit more in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um that flipping setup like i was talking about a lightweight yeah. and then some sort of uh some sort of creature bait that's got a lot of action to it falls really slow um uh, just something you can kind of go behind and, and you know it, like it like we were talking about earlier if you got that perfect piece of cover and you've thrown the buzz bait you've thrown the square bill over it nothing happened i just pitch that little bit creature bait in there and uh see if one was really living in there Okay. That's a, that's a great start for people to go out. You know, it's like, Hey, there there's, you're going to go out in the fall right now. Um, and you want to start fishing and seeing what you can get that right there. Those are your top five. So, you know, time up, see if they work. Um, you know, the other thing we have, you know, with this whole, um, the fall transition and in, in these, how important is it to really start paying attention to where these fish are going? Because the next, you know, logical, step is going to be the winter and the mm-hmm. winners you know winners come in these fish are starting to feed up they know that they know what's coming um mm-hmm. and then it is a time that we 
Um, you know, the winter time is winter going into spring is probably the number one for really big fish. But this is also a time when, you know, you start seeing the little 12 and 13 inch fish go away and you start seeing more and more of the bigger fish, but you get less bites, um, mm -hmm. less fish. But how important is it to really start paying attention to where these fish are headed? Because the wintertime haunts is where it's going to be. You know, this is where they're going. They're going to go where they're going to sit. So is it, is it important to see now or do you have to wait till winter to, to really find those fish? No, you know, they're out there. They're always out there. Um, you know, just this time of year, for some reason, I think it's just a little bit harder to target them. Um, and I think the main reason is because it's always a moving target. You know, they do a lot, you know, in the winter, they're kind of stationary. Like you said, that that's, that's their spot. And that's where they're going to hang out for the most part for all winter. Um, summertime's kind of the same deal. It's the spring and the fall where you're always trying to find where they're going. Right. Uh, and if you can stay ahead of those fish, um, that'll enable you to keep continue to catch them throughout the fall, transition into winter. In, in, in you know that deal so following and knowing where those fish are going to be is, is obviously super super important and knowing where they are is, is important as well you know you want to catch them that day <laughs> but following the the progression of it is is really important it's just like springtime it's the opposite of springtime basically you're going to find them in the in the backs of the creeks and then they're going to move out to the main lake um for the winter so and that's um that's kind of a reason why you know, four of those five baits that I mentioned, mm -hmm. you can really cover some water with. Uh, and, and that's something that I think is absolutely paramount this time of year is really covering some water. If you're not covering water this time of year, you're going to be missing out on a lot of fish. Um, there's there's a ton of active fish this time of year. They know winter's coming. They know they, they need to feed up. And if you're not getting bit, um, either you're not around active fish or you're not covering enough water to move uh to kind of run into those active fish so covering water is going to also really help you figure out where those fish are mm -hmm. and then once you have, once you have where they're at then you could kind of follow the the natural progression of where they're going to go okay when you're now you know that's always a that's always a a, a subject that i i think is um important for people especially you know, the average guy going out and maybe doesn't get to fish quite as much as you do. Um, you know, he's going out, he's got his weekend off, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do some fishing. I want to cover some water. I want to, you know, and this guy, you know, Brian just told me I got to cover water, I got to cover water. So is it a matter of just like, you know, Hey, put your trolling motor down, put two rods on the deck and go, you know, throw the buzz bait, throw the, throw the crank bait. Or are you, when you say covering water, are you, just burning bank or are you in looking for you know hey i i want that fish that is active and he's gonna bite no matter what boom that's what mm -hmm. i want or are mm -hmm. you kind of going back over water you know and hitting it two or three times but still covering it quickly you know because you're talking about buzz baits crank baits you know swim jigs things like that where you're covering you can cover a lot of water with that yeah but what if they're you know how do you how do you break that down to somebody and say yeah you want to cover water but you also want to cover it completely i guess yeah for sure um so i guess to break it down a little further it would be um 
So we talked about there's going to be those shallow fish, right. and then there's still going to be the main lake fish on the points and stuff like that. Those shallow fish in the backs of the creeks, those are fish that a lot of times I'm I'm just covering the water. I'm going down the bank as fast as possible mm-hmm. uh, and, and trying to pick apart all the, the little isolated pieces of cover. Uh, now, that being said, if I have a creek and I know it pretty well, you know, maybe it's a creek on the home lake, whatever, and I know where these laydowns are or I know where there's a few little isolated rock piles. I'm not going to go and, and fish down the bank if I know where the high percentage spots are going to be. Uh, that's that's always that's always my deal. And, and I think it's why, um, especially in the fall, I, I, I do pretty well is because I'm always trying to figure out the highest percentage spots. Mm-hmm. I don't. If I can avoid going down the bank, I will, uh, unless it's just a really good creek. Yeah. But if I can, if I can make, you know, ten casts on a really good isolated piece of cover, and, and just go to the next one and not have to worry about any of the bank in between, I'm being a lot more efficient that way. Okay. Um, now to find those pieces of, of cover, sometimes you do got to go fishing, and that's where that's where kicking your trolling motor on 70 or 80 and going down the bank real quick, you can find a lot of spots like that. But once you have those areas, those isolated pieces of cover in the backs of the creeks, then what you want, at least what I'd like to do is is just run those, you know, not, not worry about any of the water in between. And then uh, the main lake fish, same deal. If, if I know they're on, you know, six of these points, throughout the lake i'll just run those six points right i don't need to worry about any of the points in between because i'm just kind of wasting my time now that being said to find those points sometimes <laughs> you gotta fish through them pretty you know you you gotta fish through 20 and then you'll find two or three really good ones and then you gotta go fish through 20 more and find two or three good ones so that's okay. why i have those that's why my my baits this time of year are those power fishing baits because i can go cover water and I can really, uh, I can really break down the lake as quickly as possible, so I can find those fish. And I don't have to really, I don't like fishing down the bank. I think it's uh, a lot of times it can be a waste of time. So if you can just find those isolated pieces of cover and then the points that got them on the, on the main lake, that's that's what I'd like to do, and then just run those things over and over and over again until your timing gets right and that fish pulls up and wants to eat. Yeah. See, and that, and that's a, that, that does, you know, make a lot of sense to me. And I think that's also, um, you know, one of the advantages now to this forward, you know, the forward facing sonar uh, where you can, you know, maybe you pull up on that point and you just, you know, you hit it and graph it and go, "Mm, there's only like two fish there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. now, you know, sometimes those two fish are going to be the the two biggest fish because they're, you know, semi, you know, whatever, depending on what lake you're on. I mean, if it's mm-hmm. you know, Oroville, you probably aren't going to really care that there's two fish sitting there. Um, <laughs> no, if, if you're at Oroville, there's a, there's a point somewhere that's got 200 on it. So yeah. I'm going to keep going until I find that one. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it can really help break that down. Um, you know, one of the things that you've really talked about is this time of year is those backs of those creeks. Now, mm-hmm why are those this time of year really becoming the 
you know, the high percentage areas? Why are the backs of the creeks, you know, really producing? Um, it's 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 kind of twofold. And I mentioned the first part uh, earlier is they're kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like like I said earlier, with that forward facing sonar, and I find myself doing it all the time too. Um, kind of get a lot of guys kind of get stuck with their head down, and and they don't they don't see the lake anymore. They just see the screen, right. and um, it's hard to get away. It's such an effective way to fish. It, it's really hard to uh, it's really hard to get away from it. But um, if you can break away from that screen a little bit and go kind of go back a couple of years in time and, and go go down the bank with that with the the buzz bait and the square bill and stuff like that in the backs of creeks you're going to see that you're not going to run into a lot of boats right and then you're gonna you're gonna be fishing for some really they're just really not pressured anymore um and the other reason is the 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 natural progression of progression would be a bad word not the greatest word for it but the the kind of the the way that the bait fish are going to move this time of year mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of bait fish that that move into the backs of these creeks and you're going to have a lot of bluegill back there still a lot of um you know sunfish that are already back there uh, so right. it, it it's kind of an area where a lot of the bait is going to be this time of year and uh you know that's the old adage is find the bait and you'll find the fish and and that's just kind of it's just kind of something you want to keep in your mind for sure if if you if you go in the back of a creek and you see a lot of bait flickering and you know you see some bluegill popping that's the one i want to be in that's the one i want to fish around real quick fish those high percentage spots fish those lay downs pieces of wood rock piles whatever it is maybe there's a dock back there i don't know (laughs) <laughs> uh, but fish those isolated uh, pieces of cover because the bait fish is there. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I was, you know, wanting to see if you'd lead to is, you know, that's what you're going to start following those bait fish. Cause this is the time of year that the shad and that's sort of thing. Um, I'm guessing this is when they start to spawn. This is when they're going to start moving back in there, looking for those little pockets where they can load up, on, you know, hit the eggs or whatever it is and lay it down. I, you know, I've yeah. never really, I've never really seen a big shad spawn, but I have seen what happens after it. Um, yeah. And that's always a good thing to be around. Just, I don't know why they go back there. Um, that's just, I see a lot of them back right. there at this time of year in that transition. You know, I never really get into the science of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, I, I've always it's seen them instinct. back there. Yeah, I've always seen them back there this time of year. So I'm going to go back there and see if the bass have found them too. Now, do you really find that across the country? That it doesn't seem to matter what lake you're on or where you're at. That's just the way almost all these lakes really set up. It is to a certain point. Absolutely. Um, seasonal patterns. So like when I go to a new lake, um, maybe it's one I've never been to. I do a lot of research on, you know, you, you want to know the good areas, you know, uh, you know, like, like, for example, if you're going to clear Lake for the first time and mm-hmm. going there in the spring, you want to know, okay, yeah, the North shore is great. It's going to be the first one to pop off. Um, you know it's where those fish move up and all those bays and in, in the springtime you know general knowledge like that um, you definitely want to know but the thing that i really really pay attention to is seasonal patterns um, 
And I know I said earlier, the bass isn't always the bass as far as East Coast to West Coast. They do act differently. But there is one thing that they never really deviate from, and that is the seasonal pattern. Um, now, it might look different in different different uh, parts of the country. Right. It might look way different. You know, a sea, you know if you're going, say, to Orville, uh, and those fish are moving back into the creeks, well, that creek could be still 100 feet deep yeah. in the back, and that's still them being in the back of a creek. That's where the bait wants to be. Whereas you go to, you know, you go to Oklahoma Grand Lake, like mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier, in the back of a creek, you're blowing up mud with your trolling motor <laughs> and you're fishing this one piece of wood in six inches of water. So it may look different, but the seasonal pattern is going to be the same. You know, that fish is going to 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 move back there because the bait fish are back there. Right. You know, and it, it's funny, you, you, you say that, um, you talk about the seasonal patterns and it's, it's one of those questions that I've always, you know, a lot of it comes from, uh, you know, just knowledge overall. I talked to Shaw Grigsby one time about this and, um, it's, how do you really know, you, you know, it's, when do you, when is it time to tie on that jig? When is it time to tie on that buzz bait? When is it time to tie on the, you know, the Alabama rig, you know, all of a sudden you just, is it just like, Hey, you start hearing people are catching them on it. You just know from experience you, you know, because there's a lot of guys who, you know, aren't in the sport enough and they don't, you know, they're just watching and, you know, they maybe miss the swim bait bite or they miss the, you know, the Alabama rig bite, or they miss the, you know, whatever it is. How is it that you really know over the years, you know, that that's you know what it's time to tie on the, the rip baits it's time to tie this on because there's times when they don't work you know yeah. but when is it that they when is it, it's like man these guys sure seem to know when that thing you know when that thing's popping they they're on it what is it that really triggers those um decisions yeah a lot of it so a lot of it's going to be time on the water mm-hmm. uh, just putting yourself in a lot of different uh, scenarios over the years seeing a lot of different weather changes and and you know seasonal movements you know being able to follow fish throughout the year a lot of it's that um but to learn that you have to and, you know you, you hear the doc talk and all that stuff and right. you know you go to local tackle shop and they say yeah this is happening here this is happening there that's great and you can get a lot of good information there but you have to be the guy that's not afraid to tie it on. That's the thing. You you know, if it's mm-hmm. if it's April and it's still a little chilly out, but you know in May there's a great topwater bite, you, you can't be afraid to be that guy to throw the topwater bite when it's still a little bit colder <laughs> because you're gonna you're gonna be showing those fish that before anybody else is. And that's I think that's what a lot of guys who do really well, they kind of get on those bites before they really start to happen. But all it takes is maybe one or two bites to steer them in the right direction. So, you know, not being afraid to throw something maybe a little bit earlier than you would think. Uh, And then, you know, just experiment. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what, especially if you're on the West coast, that's the biggest thing I always tell everybody is if you're on the West coast and you're not getting bit, it's it's not a good thing. You're you're either not around fish, which is really hard on the West Coast, or you're just not doing the right thing. Right. So if you just rotate through things, eventually 
you're going to be around fish. It's mm-hmm. just, that's how good our fisheries are. It's just, you have to figure out what they want to bite that day. That's all it is. So just keeping it fresh, always changing baits. If you're not getting bit, just change. Um, you're already not getting bit. What's, <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that can happen? You don't catch fish, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. You're not going to get bit on something else, but at least you tried. Uh, so, you know, keeping it, always always keeping it fresh, always be, always changing, and always trying to stay mm-hmm. ahead of those fish um, will really, really help you put a, put a lot of extra fish in the boat. Well, you know, and that, that leads me to the, uh, a really good question. Well, heck, I'm going to say it's a really good question because I'm asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is the, uh, you know, guys get out there, especially on the West Coast, because we do have a lot more where, you know, places that you can go and you're catching fish. Now, let's say you're out there on a day, on a day, and it's like, you know what, I'm having a good day. I'm catching a lot of fish, but man, I am just not catching. I'm catching two pounders all day. Where's the, mm-hmm. four, where's the fours and fives? I know this lake holds them. I know Clear Lake Kitch holds fours and five. I know the Delta holds 15 pounders or 10 pounders or nine pounders. How come I'm not catching those? When do you tell somebody, it's like, if you're, yeah, maybe you caught 25 fish today on this bait, but every one of them was a pound and a half, two pounds. You're on the Delta, man. You need to be catching five and six pounders. When, mm-hmm. when and how do you really tell people, it's like, stop catching fish and go find those fish? Um. I mean, when they want to stop catching them. <laughs> I well, I mean, and I, and I mean, by saying that, I mean, when is it time to say, okay, yeah, I'm catching, you know, two pounders on a Senko. Yeah. Well, the five, but I know five pounders will eat it. Why, yeah. Why, yeah. You know, when, when do you stop and say, okay, maybe this is all that's eating it right now. Do you, is there a way to break that down and say, Hey, you know what, if you're catching them on a Senko and two pounders on a Senko, you know, yeah, you should be able to catch five pounders in a single, but maybe, uh, maybe you ought to start punching. Maybe you ought to try. Yeah. You know, so is there a techniques and styles that that definitely will get a better fish over a smaller fish when you're in a situation where I'm having a heck of a day? I just wanted to come out here and catch 25 fish, but man, I'm really tired of that. And I want to catch some big fish. Bass Angler Magazine is your guide to better bass fishing. Bass Angler is dedicated to helping you catch more and bigger bass no matter what time of year or where you live. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. Every issue is jam-packed with 30-plus articles from the world's best bass anglers. Bass Angler Magazine is available at BassAnglerMag.com, Tackle Warehouse, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Gander Mountain, Walmart, and Better Tackle Shops everywhere. Bass Angler also makes a great gift for any angler. Get Bass Angler today and start catching more bass tomorrow. Visit BassAnglerMag.com or your favorite tackle shop. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. BassAnglerMag.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and I think you hit it on the head is, is that it's going to be a technique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously area has a lot to do with it, too. Right. You know, you want to be around big fish areas and that just comes with time Mm -hmm. you just you kind of just learn it over time but the one thing you can do is change your technique um like you said you can catch big fish on a cinco you can catch five pounders on a cinco um you can catch big ones on a drop shot you can catch big ones on a spinning rod in general but there are techniques that will just they just tend to you know catch the eye of the bigger ones a lot more often um punching grass mm-hmm. that's a big fish technique 
throwing a frog. That's a big fish technique. Throwing any sort of top water in my eyes, big fish technique. Um, rolling a big swim bait around. Not something I like to do, but it's a big fish technique. Glide bait. Um, you know, just change to something that you know catches big ones. You know, you've heard a lot about it catching big fish. Um, yeah, that would be that'd be my suggestion. Um, now. <laughs> Like you said, you could just go and you know, you catch 25 two pounders and then the 26 ones a, a five pounder. Yeah. Um, it happens, but I think changing your technique is going to be the best way to kind of change your outcome for sure and, and catch, you know, at least appeal to a bigger fish. Then. Right. Um, all right. Well, we've got about eight to 10 minutes left here that I got this show. And, uh, you know, Brian, we've been talking to you here for the last, you know, 50 minutes. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, too? I mean, you kind of told us where you're from and how you did it. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, you know, some of your sponsors. Give out, you know, give us some uh, in, some detail information on who you are, where people can find you and follow you and promote some stuff. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I grew up in California. I fished on the West Coast my whole life. Kind of, I kind of did the natural I, you know, it felt natural to me, the natural <laughs> progression, the kind of stepping stone, working my way up. I started in, um, I don't know what they call them these days. We called them the rookie leagues back mm -hmm. then, just team tournaments. Uh, did them with my dad, did them with a couple of my best friends. Did that for a little while, started having some success. Jumped into some, uh, their MLFs, MLFs now um, from the front of the boat. Um Got my butt kicked a few times, a lot of times actually, um, but kept showing up and, and eventually, you know, I kind of got the, got it figured out a little bit and started having some success uh, in all the programs out here, won a few tournaments here and there. And then, uh, gosh, what was it? I, I guess 2021, um, I decided to uh, go fish the National Professional Fishing League and, you know, I want I always, you know, that's the dream, right? You always want to go fish a national tour. And I knew MLF was going to be a little hard, a little difficult to qualify for. The elites are going to be really hard to, to qualify for. And I had this opportunity with the, the new circuit, the new national circuit and, uh, jumped on with them. And I've had a, a few really good years with them. And then, uh, this past year, I actually jumped into the, uh, Bassmaster opens, and uh, I guess it's been about a week, week and a half ago. I uh, fished the last Southern Open and actually ended up qualifying for the Elite Series. So that'll be uh, wow, that'll be pretty cool. Um, you know, that's a that's totally a dream come true, and uh, you know, it's something I've, I've always wanted to do. And I got really fortunate that it ended up working out really well this year, and, and I get to go do that next year, and uh, you know. Couldn't do it without all my friends and family and, and sponsors, you know, especially uh, my wife, man. She uh, she really holds it down. We have uh, we have a five week year old, uh, five week, <laughs> five week year old, <laughs> five week year, five week old uh, baby here. And, and man, she uh, she's taking care of him while I'm 
out gallivanting across the country trying to catch these little green bass and i mean without her taking care of everything you know there's there's no dream like that there's no dream there's no elite series there's no national professional fishing league so uh without her you know none of this happens but uh friends family all their support is is absolutely huge and then all my sponsors um Ranger Boats, Mercury Outboards, Strike King, uh, Lose Reels, Buck and Bass, Angler's Asset, Greater Bay, Dobbins. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple. I'm oh, I'm so bad at this. But, uh, <laughs> man, those, those companies, you know, they help me out. And, you know, it really takes an army. Right. It's a very, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very single single person sport. You know, it seems that mm. way at least. You know, you're the one on the front of the boat. You're the one making the decisions. You don't have a pit crew. You don't really have a coach. Sometimes you got some teammates, but not really. Um, but it's the army behind uh, behind me that really, really makes it happen. Without them, you know, the, like I said, this dream doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, that's really the best part, I think, of this sport is the fact that I think a lot of people believe, you know, it's like, yeah, you're – you're, uh, you know, you're just out there fishing. And it's like, if it was only that easy, you know, <laughs> we, I, exactly. I, I get that all the time that people just don't understand. It's like, oh, you, you fish tournaments and yeah. So, oh, so you're just out there, you know, kicking back, drinking a few beers and having a good time. Right. Yeah. One of the things you said earlier, it, you know, is the whole, you know, winning, losing thing. And I, I tell people all the time, it's like the biggest thing you have to learn in this one is to lose because you will absolutely. lose a lot <laughs> absolutely that when you absolutely if you're not a good loser you're not this ain't the sport for yeah. you yeah uh, graceful you got to learn yeah you got to learn from your losses and, that's the biggest thing and i think we all got a big i think the nation got a big dose of that this this past couple weeks with the whole weight scandal um oh yeah you know i i, I will never <laughs> defend what those guys did but i will tell you this much the pressure to win, the pressure to be the top like that really does show up at that level. And you have to be a person of character to not yeah. only succeed, but to lose and understanding how to spin a loss, how to take that loss and say, you know what? Yeah, it sucked today for me. I didn't, I didn't get it done. Um, and not mm -hmm. resort to doing something like what happened. Would you agree with that? Yep. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, if you're going to talk to a hundred or you know, say you talk to a thousand season tournament anglers, you know, got a bunch of tournaments out there, but it's always crossed their mind. There's, there's no doubt that little, that little thing in the back of your head. Oh yeah. It, it's just not worth it. Um, because we, what's the point of cheating and winning? You know, it just takes away everything. It takes away all the hard work that you put into it. It takes away all, you know, it's just man it just sucks and to to think that somebody would actually go through with that it's really kind of sad but you know that's that's them giving up that's right. all that is is they gave up uh you know they they thought that they were the best and and they you know things got that desperate and they needed to be the best what like it's okay to lose <laughs> it's really okay to lose some of my some of my most important tournaments that I've ever fished, mm -hmm. I've gotten my butt kicked, yeah. and uh, you know I I didn't win that week. I didn't. I went home, you know, fifteen hundred, 
two thousand dollars, you know, gone in my bank account. Right. But I came, I came home with a lot of knowledge, mm -hmm. and you know, I learned a lot that week. You know, and and those ones, as long as you're open to learning from your losses, this is going to be a really great sport for you. Yep. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed about you know I've been doing this a long time too is is the fact that hard days are your learning days and easy days are the days that you just you know all of the the hardship that I've gone through all the you know the the times that I've had bad tournaments you know when it becomes that easy day and I cash that big check or I win or I whatever it is you just look back and go oh now I know why I had to go through all that now I understand exactly, <laughs> exactly. it makes it so much more sweeter oh man, of to course. just to put that work in that's with anything you know you put the hard work in and to actually see it come come to fruition is that's everything that's why we do it that is 100 why we do it that's why we go and struggle through the, the early years of tournament mm -hmm. fishing it's you know it's why we do everything we love to catch fish and then we love to compete and when those two things come together it makes everything else it doesn't even matter don't even matter about the bad tournaments don't care right I'm going to enjoy my good tournament. Yeah. I, I very rarely look back and go, you remember that time when I lost really bad? Um, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it does, it does give you that. Now, one of the last questions I want to ask you before we take off here is I love, I love to get a guy who's made it as far as you have and, and is doing what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the youth coming up today, it's super, you know, it is no longer what it used to be. And no. the opportunities that these kids are having, What's the, give them a, give me a piece of advice for those young guys coming up. You know, you're up there now. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say you've made it all the way. There's plenty more to go, but mm -hmm. you know, what's that one piece of advice that you can tell these guys coming up and say, Hey, guys and gals, I don't want I do not want to exclude the women in this one at all. The guys and gals that are coming up and, you know, and tell them, it's like, Hey, if you're going to get into this and you want to be in this, what, this is what you need to really focus on time on the water that's 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 it um you know if you're not willing to spend as much time on the water as you possibly can mm -hmm. um you're not going to do as well as you could um you know seeing and, and being going to different places um different uh, putting yourself in different positions as far you know it's not fun to go out when it's going to be, you know, 30 degrees and blowing and raining all day, it's not fun to go out there. But if you go out there, you're going to learn something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, you don't always want to pick the nice days to go out either. You want to you wanna experience, because tournaments aren't going to always be on the nice day. Actually, very rarely are they actually on the nice day. They're always on the crappy days, the windy days, the cold days, whatever. So seeing... Uh, a lot of different uh, scenarios and, and all that comes from time on the water uh, just spend as much time out there uh, like we talked about earlier don't be afraid to experiment don't be afraid to pick up a, a bait that you haven't mm -hmm. maybe you haven't caught a fish on uh, you know don't always go out with your comfort stuff you know i, I remember growing up uh, a lot of times i would just i'd break out um you know the nico rig that was what I had a bunch of confidence in, and that's all I wanted to throw because that's what I would catch fish on. Sometimes you got to put it away to learn a new technique. So 
those two things for sure is uh, spend as much time on the water as you can, and then don't be afraid to to learn a new technique. You know? Yeah, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. There's gonna be days where you know, maybe you just don't get a bit on it, but the day that you do figure it out and you do gain some confidence in it. Now you just added that into your repertoire and now you're just that much more dangerous going down the road. Good advice. I, I, yeah, I hear it a lot, you know, time on the water. Um, and that's, a, that's, that's, it's obviously one of the most important things you can do out there, especially in this sport. So, well, yeah. well, Brian, we're going to wrap this one up, man. I appreciate you coming on and giving us some time and giving us some knowledge. This is, you know, a good show. Um, lots been out there, man. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to follow along with me next year, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Bryant Smith Fishing. Just look that up. I should pop up. And uh, man, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a great time. And, you know, anytime you want to have me back on, I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Your number's in the in the Rolodex here. So we got you going. And we will uh, hopefully after a couple of uh, these tournaments, maybe we'll hear you win one and uh, we'll get you back on, talk about how you did it. I like the sound of that. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, thanks you guys for tuning in. Uh, this has been the BAM pod uh, with your host, Big Ed Everhart. And I'll tell you what, tune back in because in a couple of weeks, we'll have another really good angler out there. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to work for you. So, all right. Have a good night, all.